Hello, and welcome to the O'Reilly Podcast. I'm Courtney Allen, and today I'm speaking to Gary Sloper, VP of Global Sales Engineering at Dyn. Gary, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Courtney. I'm excited to be here. With the rapid growth of cloud adoption, we're hearing a lot about edge services. Could you tell us more about edge services and why we're hearing more about them recently? Absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's a great question. I, you know, I, I think we all agree cloud adoption is everywhere and it's been here for quite some time in the past few years. You know, and it's, uh, for most organizations, it's, it's positive from an innovation and agility and growth perspective. In some organizations, it, it can sometimes be construed as negative only because there's no real handbook to go from you know, a legacy infrastructure or workloads that are not cloud ready and, and move them and migrate them in to this cloud adopted world. And you know, with that baseline, part of the area that a lot of organizations really need to focus on is edge services. It plays a critical role in this cloud adoption. And organizationally, edge is where routing decisions are performed, um, especially with respect to how the requester on the other end will arrive at your cloud or potentially your hybrid environment uh, overall. So many organizations focus today on this core infrastructure, you know, on the IaaS and, and, the, and the platform as a service piece, which they should do. But what we're seeing, especially with cloud adoption, is that there's not always a complete focus on, on edge services. And when I think of edge, you know, the historically, and I think it's still true today, is that it's driven by the global internet, which is extremely difficult to manage, as you know, um, and especially managing it on your own because you have all these other interdependencies in various organizations and telco providers and areas of focus that you can't see into. And so, you know, traditionally organizations in any sort of adoption, you know, have utilized protocols such as BGP and built, you know, redundant fire paths and added that N plus one redundancy so they could use the edge as best as possible. But as we're moving into this cloud adopted arena, we still do have unforeseen examples that can cause outage within your ecosystem. So you'll still have fiber cuts, you'll still have potential security issues. And so with these threats that can impact your cloud adoption, what we've found is that DNS is a prime example of an edge service that honestly is underutilized today and can be a tool for many organizations to direct their traffic intelligently so they can find healthy endpoints or path resolution. And ironically, it's a 30 plus year technology. However, much like what we go through in the industry, we have to transform and adopt new, you know, formidable areas to, to conduct our business. DNS has gone through that as well. And so that's one of the reasons why you're hearing around uh, the, the, the DNS being that intelligent edge is an area that from a cloud adoption perspective, a lot of organizations are really starting to take advantage of. Great. And how do DNS-based edge services impact hybrid cloud and multi-cloud environments? Uh, great question. So, you know, when I think about hybrid first, I see organizations adopting hybrid cloud due to the fact that ultimately their data center environment contain workloads which are not cloud native. So they're not going to move into the cloud, but yet they're still critical to their business, whether it's their customers, whether it's their uh, suppliers, their internal employees. So that won't go away. And, and you know, DNS-based edge services can have a tremendous impact on the performance of those hybrid environments. You know, when, when I think back, you know, I'm kind of dating myself, but, uh, you know, in the late 90s, when we were building these large fixed assets, these data centers, and that's kind of how I grew up in the industry, and they were geo-dispersed, you know, and, and utilized for really a centralized hub-and-spoke 
performance, and you could get away with that. And so now with cloud and organizations that are trying to deliver their content closer to the edge, meaning their end users, whether it's a mobile device, an IoT device, or just um, you know providing that SaaS offering back into their end customers, you know now you're delivering an edge that needs to intelligently route to these various cloud nodes. And, and that can be achieved with DNS because your topology now is more decentralized and centralized. So orgs are taking their data center and utilizing that topology as is today and how it was built and architected over the last several years, but utilizing DNS to allow them to route between that fixed asset that's not going to move and that movable asset, such as cloud, that may you know, add servers in one location today, could, could add uh, infrastructure and other servers to another location tomorrow and has that flexibility. And what I see within that hybrid strategy is, is clients are utilizing DNS not only for the traditional aspects of what most people think of DNS as, you know, essentially just resolving a query based on a, a request from a user, but but taking advantage of DNS's capabilities of things like secondary. So, you know, where where clients look at their their overall IT strategy and, and even what they have for CapEx and say, okay, we're in a hybrid environment, our data center will continue to be part of that environment for the next you know, five years, maybe more. Why not have DNS resolving within our data center? And we could also utilize another provider externally to be decentralized to hit not only our infrastructure that we have that's fixed in that data center, but also the nodes in, in the cloud environment today. And secondary as in a hybrid strategy is really interesting for clients because Secondary is not idle. So if that response with a provider or a data center that's closer to one of those requesters with one of their you know, customers, for example, it'll answer that query versus a primary uh, name server. And that's really important, especially in a hybrid strategy. So, so DNS allows a lot of these organizations to disperse their capabilities and utilize a lot of the intelligent, uh, I could almost call it DNS tricks, at the apex of that domain. So not having to build out a huge infrastructure to do a lot of this intelligence at the core within the data center or in the cloud, but take advantage of how DNS can make these routing decisions and provide a lot of flexibility at the apex of the edge, uh, you know, based on, on their domain. And what are the advantages of steering traffic with DNS? Great question. And we're, we're, it's funny because we, we're starting to see this a lot, especially internationally. You know, I, one of the things that I come across um, and have for the last several years with clients, especially in this hybrid world, is, you know, governance and federation. So if I think about federated traffic, uh, that can stay local to a region. And what I mean by that is you can utilize your DNS to be intelligent, especially if you have a, you know, that, that scenario where you have uh, a data center and uh, another location internationally where, you know, a, a user in London may want to uh, request uh, something of some sort of service that you have, an online presence, and it allows you to keep that traffic local. This is really important as we're starting to see a lot of laws. So if you wanted to keep traffic routing within London or just the entire UK or Germany, for example, you have the ability to steer that traffic with DNS. Now, I guess the one caveat that I would have is that, you know, obviously if you have a VPN setup, that's going to add a little complexity. But for the general public, uh, that are that you're trying to keep users local. That that federated policy with DNS allows you to route that traffic at the DNS level before it hits your data center, before it hits your cloud environment. And so that's one of the advantages that I see with traffic steering with DNS. 
And it's also very beneficial for a lot of verticals. If you think of that type of scenario, a little bit more granular, if you're a retail organization, so we'll take, um, I don't know, retailer like an LL Bean, for example, if they wanted their users of their site or folks that are browsing their catalog in California to see a different microsite or, or see a particular clothing line that looks different than, say, um, where I'm near, Massachusetts, which especially this time of year uh, is a little bit colder, they may not want California to see you know, winter jackets and accessories because the, the temperature isn't as cold there. But here in Massachusetts, you may want those users to route local to a, a specific site where that catalog looks different. And you can do that with DNS. You can actually do that based on the uh, geographic uh, principles that you can set up within DNS. And that's uh, a huge advantage, not only just for the IT you know, network team that you may have, but also from a marketing standpoint. You know, we're seeing a lot of CMO organizations that are, that are trying to look at you know, their online presence and how do they use that to their advantage. And so DNS in that example can allow you to resolve that traffic much faster instead of all users routing to a specific set of nodes in the cloud or in your data center and therefore taking longer to resolve that traffic. You can simply just do that very quickly. And in the last example, I think that folks take advantage of, especially is on DevOps. So we see a lot of DevOps teams, you know, they may have a test location, test scenarios, they can utilize DNS to make some routing decision changes at the apex of that domain or steer traffic away that they don't want. And they only want a, a specific subset of, of testing to be done uh, and performed at that layer three uh, stand, standpoint. So that's where it becomes really interesting because you know if you're in DevOps, you're, you, you want a specific set of traffic to hit your environment and you don't necessarily have to be a, a routing guru. You can simply you know, go into DNS and, and, and set that up intelligently and have those responses, you know, routing to your location, you know, as you're building out some of these applications. So there's a whole slew of advantages with steering traffic, even from a security standpoint. Uh, but those are the ones that come to my mind quite often, especially in the industry, is that folks are taking advantage of DNS and, and where they've traditionally thought, hey, it was just a, a means to just resolve my internet query. DNS has actually grown with this cloud adoption as well. We've been hearing a lot about resilience and reliability, their true spotlight issues in the operations community right now. How can DNS contribute to building a more resilient infrastructure? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, if I think about, you know, how the, the landscape of the topology is today, uh, you know, where in the past where it was two or three data centers that housed and, and served up all traffic, now DNS allows you to, to have a global reach very easily. and it provides additional infrastructure before it hits your core environment, you know, whatever it is you're serving up to the end user. So for an example, if a California location did go offline, which does happen in, in, our, in our world of, of IT, we see these things happen often, but you can build a policy to say, okay, if California is undeliverable and I can't send any of my DNS queries to that location, therefore none of my internet traffic will resolve there and my internet presence is down, once that policy is invoked, you could actually have two or three or four other policies based with DNS to fail over to other locations. So if California was offline, you could simply route that to Seattle. You could simply route that to Chicago. And if, if the United States had a, a very large issue, you could route it to Ireland or other countries. Now, you'll still have um, latency, but you're still not completely offline. And you're doing that at the apex of the domain. So if www.llbean.com was pointed to a particular node and that node was offline, you have the ability at DNS to make that quick switch 
before it hits anything else within your, your topology. And I think that's really important, especially from a failover standpoint. It also can help with just high-level load balancing, just traffic load balancing. So like I mentioned before, you, you want to steer traffic. Now, if you just really want to have a weighted uh, round robin of traffic going from place to place, node to node, you have the ability to do that at the apex of the domain. And based on you know, the time to live, the TTLs that you have set and, and how you know, your infrastructure is cached among all of the others within the global internet, uh, you know, you're looking at a very, very fast uh, failover. And we've seen, you know, many organizations in, in the industry have failures and it's part of the business, unfortunately, but how quickly you recover, even if you have some degradation in the response time, you know, especially as a retailer, for example, that's better than being completely offline. So, you know, that's, that's definitely one way that we see that as a huge option. The other one is, you, know, you mentioned cloud adoption. It, it's a great way from a cloud migration standpoint, because you can use DNS, again, as you're routing your traffic and building policies to slowly bring on cloud nodes or do migrations or even perform maintenance. If you have maintenance going in your legacy data center or you're aware of, you know, your cloud provider has a maintenance window and you want to steer traffic completely away from that node, you can simply do that with DNS. And, and so basically having the, the ability to take control of some of the things that go on the internet at your disposal is, is really important. How do you expect edge services to evolve in the near future? And how should companies prepare for what's coming? <laughs> so I get asked this question often. Um, and it's funny because I think everybody from, you know, my uh, baby boomer parents who feel that they have a, an opinion on the internet to somebody fresh out of uh, university. So, you know, I expect many more industry veterans will start to brush off their understanding of DNS and how it can be used as a competitive advantage in their business and still add an additional layer of, of N plus one redundancy in their architecture. You know, there's thousands of organizations who could add increased performance, simply adding a secondary DNS option, meaning, you know, having a, uh, an authoritative and a secondary uh, provider in delegation, whether it's yourself um, and, and a partner or just adding a, a secondary network that you build on your own allows you the ability to answer queries faster. So I think what you're going to see is more organizations really starting to look at how do I try to squeeze faster milliseconds at that edge? And then I think, honestly, as we're starting to see more of this decentralized way that we conduct commerce and, and uh, you know, provide services to end users, you know, I, I think what you'll start to see is an absolute you know, growing you know, need and, and potentially a, uh, a whole potential industry in of itself that we're seeing applied to other areas, which is artificial intelligence. I, I personally believe, you know, my own personal opinion is that at some point AI helps to optimize the edge and, you know, everything from DNS and how to make those changes based on uh, a lot of different uh, things that go on and some of the statistics that it takes back in. So there's not as much human inter intervention. And I think then it's layered on with an absolute need for web application firewall, so WAF services to help sandwich that together with DNS. And I and I think personally, I think it's it's a pretty exciting time from an edge standpoint because it's really going to allow us to ultimately live on the edge uh, and not just be back in a data center or simply just beefing up performance in a cloud. Gary, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your insights today on the O'Reilly podcast. Thank you as well, Courtney. It was it was an absolute honor. I appreciate it.